0: Have you hugged a ripen? Wagered a podcast bet, toast it to friends at Clover Pint. Prove it all to your friends with Crossroad merch available now in the gift shop. T-shirts, hats, mugs, stickers, and a whole lot more. Your purchase supports the show and keeps us running. Go to Ghostbusters HQ slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend.
1: This week on the program, it's Vontae Mack, no matter what. That's right, it's draft day here on the crossroad. We've got Ross May from the Right Man for the Job uh, podcast. He is here, he's got this wonderful idea, and if you didn't hear it on his podcast, he's let us uh, run it on our feed this week uh, to, uh, to draft the original cast from the original Ghostbusters using anybody from any time period. It's a very fun thought experiment. Stay tuned. Well, it's summertime, so it's probably very hot wherever you are, or raining, the monsoon season for a lot of people anyway. But hey, how's it going? It's Troy, welcome to the Cross Uh This is a very fun episode. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are joined by Ross May, who is the uh, host, uh, writer, researcher, All-around good guy of Reitman for the job. If you have not heard his podcast, you gotta go check it out. He does this really deep dive on the historical uh, facts and fiction and the making of uh, all of your favorite Ivan, all of your favorite Ivan Reitman. Can you tell me? haven't recorded in a while. Favorite Ivan Reitman uh, films, and uh, he he reached out to Chris and I with this awesome idea uh, where he wanted to recast the original Ghostbusters characters, our, our favorites, you know, Ray, Peter, Egon, Winston, Janine, Walter Peck, Lewis Tully, Dana Barrett, and uh, he said we could use any, any time period, any actors, very fun stuff. So um, without any further ado, I am going to turn it over to Ross, but I do again encourage you to check out his Rightman for the Job podcast because it is wonderful. It is If you listen to it on your way to work, you feel like you just got a master course in Ivan Reitman 101. It's so good. Uh, So here we go. Here's Ross.
0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Ross May, and I host a podcast called Reitman for the Job, where I talk about Ivan Reitman's films. And today, I've got two very special guests, if you'd introduce yourselves.
1: Uh, Yes, this is uh, Mr. Troy Benjamin, and on the line with us is Mr. Chris Stewart from the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossword Podcast. And we are huge fans of Reitman for the job, so this is uh, pretty awesome. I'll let Chris speak for himself, but I just wanted to do the the ramp up there. That's you know, it's it's the it's just me. It's the salesman in me. It's the Bassomatic guy in me. Um, sorry, Chris. Uh, everything you said, only Esquire. <laughs> I demand to be Chris Stewart, Esquire. Esquire. Who are you, Bill S. Preston. That is. Yeah.
0: That is. <laughs> That is perfect. Thank you guys for coming on. And um, before we get started, I wanted to ask, how excited are you for the Ivan Reitman produced film Space Jam: A New Legacy? It's coming. It, is he getting I never a producer thought it would credit? Be here.
1: I didn't. I didn't know that he's getting a producer credit on it this time around again too.
0: It it could be wrong. I checked IMDb, which is often wrong, and they it lists him as an executive producer, which I can understand well, because yeah. he was. Because he did he produce or executive producer both the first film, but anyway, but so so it makes sense that he would be an executive producer on the new
1: one. Wow. Well, hey, now I'm even more excited about it. I didn't know that Ivan had even a small hand in it. So yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it doesn't matter if I'm excited
2: or not. I'm pretty sure it's going to end up uh, a a Thomas pick at some point for family movie, especially if it's on the HBO Max. I'm going to end up seeing it one way or another.
1: You just watch watch it on the HBO Max one night and be good to go. Yeah. Right. So. There you go.
0: We're Canadian. We don't have HBO. Max. Oh, you don't?
2: Uh, so. <laughs> I didn't know. You can get HBO content through
0: We've got Crave. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I know
2: I know Shaw's uh, on-demand app that you can get on your phone if you you have a Shaw cable account. HBO's on there as well. So I think that must be through Crave or something, but no, we don't. We don't technically watch HBO. We watch whatever Canadian cable network uh, drop the money <laughs> to pay for to, it. to buy. To, yeah, to buy That's it off funny. HBO yeah. so we could see it. Yeah,
0: we will not mess out on Space Jam too. But anyway, I'll I'll get us going on this. Um, uh, thank you for coming on. Last year, I did a lot of research on the production of Ghostbusters, which you guys are both very familiar with as well. And that naturally got me into the rumors and the facts of casting that did not happen on the movie. Things like Eddie Murphy maybe being in the film, John Belushi before he died, John Candy, and that got my wheels turning. And I wanted I, I created a game, the Ghostbusters Fantasy Draft, which I will explain to the listeners right now. Imagine, if you will, it's 1983. We have a script from Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, but. Something went wrong in the contracts. They didn't get the, the good contract that they did in real life. And someone at Columbia Pictures says, we're going to recast pretty much this whole thing. All of you guys are out. And so uh, the game for all three of us is to each come up with the best possible alternate cast for Ghostbusters that you and other people would want to see. And uh, I will explain the brief rules really quickly. So Ghostbusters Fantasy Draft, we must each come up with an entirely new cast, except uh, you can keep one actor from the real movie. So I'm saying if you just got to have Bill Murray, then you can keep Bill Murray. But by the way, you can also put him into a different role. You could make him the Lewis Tully Mm -hmm. character if you really wanted to. You could do anything. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, just to make it easier on all of us, I'm saying that we have Time Machines. So we can cast any actor from any time, from the present, from the way in the past. <laughs> if you guys, if you always wanted Abbott and Costello to meet Gozer, Abbott and Costello can now meet Gozer, like they, like they I, met
2: Frankenstein. I like that it's. it was really nice of you to, to say, to make it easier on us, you can have a time machine when, we haven't even started, but I'll, I'm just going to to hip you to it, I took a sledgehammer and I smashed the time machine and started creating artificial additional rules for myself in terms of casting. So, uh, (laughs) although now that, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be really fun to do this again, but just pick a different time period. Like say Ghostbusters in the seventies, who would you cast? If they made it in the fifties, who would would you cast? I saw one time,
0: uh, someone, uh, put together a YouTube video of, um the avengers as in the marvel avengers if it was um the 1960s and they did things such as diana Rigg as uh black widow which makes you know perfect sense that the perfect sense yeah so and she was already avenger anyway so but anyway so yeah so people have had fun doing that things on my final note um just a thing to make clear to listeners And (laughs) I joked to you guys already. And a move that I'm sure will not bother any fan anywhere at all. uh, We do not need to adhere to gender lines. So Dana Barrett could become Dan Barrett. And by the way, for people out there, if that does annoy any of you out there, the idea of switching gender roles uh, for these characters, here's something I want you to think about. Alien. (laughs) Yeah, true. Starring Sigourney Weaver, that's what happened. It said Ripley, Rip, uh, in the script, Ripley is probably a strong, handsome young man. Is like, wait a second, what if we made it Sigourney Weaver instead? Yes, so alien Sigourney Weaver with Ripley is already a gender-flipped character. So just something for all of us to keep in mind if you get annoyed with, oh, that, that you don't like the thought of that. Anyway, uh, what are your, do you want to explain to people your extra rules, Chris? On yourself?
2: Uh, no, that was mostly, mostly it. And actually, I'm not even sure if it's an extra rule because I like being mean to myself so much. As there's something about mixing and matching out of time that just doesn't right. sit right with yeah. me. I don't okay. know if it. I, I I find I found it a lot easier in my head to go looking for uh, alternate actors and all that of a similar era. Like I don't I don't. I don't, I don't know why that is, but it, I, you know, I think it, you open up, you know, who were the hot uh, you know, com, uh, comedy actors in the 90s, you know, so you start adding in Ben Stiller and Chris Farley, and then you get into the early 2000s and then, you know, the 2010s, and I'm like, I don't, it for me, it was not that easy to like pick, you know, because what it ultimately turned into was way too big of a of a, okay. a blank
1: slate. Well, yeah, you're, right? And you're just so you're, you're I, I, a good I, casting director. You're putting on your casting director hat and you're like, I can't put these two together because they won't have the chemistry that I want them to have. You can't put Farley in the same movie yeah. as uh, you know, a chaplain, you know, because it's like, well, they have totally different comedic stylings. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. It, yeah.
2: So, it, it, and it's just too huge of a pool yeah. too to like, you know, like where do you start? Like I go, I pick somebody that I like now and then expand my brain out like thirty years or forty years. Or you opened it up to Abbott and Costello. Like that's, whew, that's pushing you know eighty years uh, of of comedy actors. I'm like.
1: Well, nah. the other thing that I found myself doing is I would put the actor in, in on my list, but I would I would specify what like kind of era or what year <laughs> that particular actor. Oh. that's
0: sort of naturally part of this too. Yeah, that you can. If you need to, you can sort of specify uh, this person is in their 40s, they're younger. Uh-huh. You, you can, you with the time machine, you can play around with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I guess technically then, if you look at it that way, I've kind of, that's kind of what I did or, without even thinking about it. You, you actually thought it through. For me, I'm picking people that, now that I think about it, do have a career outside of the 80s. But what I was doing was thinking of them in terms of the 80s. I don't think I picked anybody yeah. earlier than... 1980 and I don't think anybody goes past like 88 kind of did so. the same but it just happens
0: naturally I almost yeah. did the same yeah yeah so we can fight over the same
2: actors, I love it I, I love it okay well then but the 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 one drawback there is and you brought it up that we could gender swap and all that the trouble is is I got to the end of it or you know halfway into it and realized that by constraining myself to people that I was familiar with in movies from the 80s, I was all fully prepared to, Oh, I'll, you know, maybe do some gender swapping and Hey, maybe uh, I can diversify the cast a bit. That'll be fun. And then realize that by looking at movies in the eighties, which were mostly male dominated and not super diverse, I, I just kind of hooped myself. Like it was what it was no longer a straightforward process to like, uh, you know, very easy to draw from funny white guy uh, pool in the eighties than it is to you know, it's a slightly smaller, uh, funny uh, white woman, and then everybody else. is like, oh man, this is this is going to take some research. So I don't know. I like my list, but I I think maybe I'd go back and and tweak my rules a bit if I had a second chance. But let's I, yeah, let's, I am I don't sure. Know. Let's see how it'll
0: it... it'll be interesting. It'll be neat to see. Okay. Yes. Uh, and the the characters that we are looking at the dramatis personae. Are as follows: We have the four Ghostbusters, Dana Barrett, their client, Louis Tully, the neighbor, Janine Melnitz, their secretary, Walter Peck, the EPA officer, and we won't recast the mayor of New York because the video game in 2009 already did that and made it Brian Doyle Mur- <laughs> me, made him Brian Doyle Murray, which I think we can all agree that cannot be improved upon. That that was the best recasting.
1: <laughs> That's absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. Although we do love David Margulies, just want to throw that out there. Got to, got to. Oh yeah, oh, he
0: was it. great. He was great too. No, and I said I'm not saying that um, David Margulies wasn't as good. I'm saying that if you're gonna recast, oh like oh it's Brian Doyle Mur- Murray. Yeah, that's the perfect person. I have a, in keeping with the theme, I've got a Canadian toonie here. Uh, Troy, do you want to pick heads or tails?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll take uh, tails.
0: Okay, it's on the floor. It is heads. Ooh. So Chris uh can go first and Troy you can take second and I will be the third pick.
2: Okay. So I'm presenting my whole list?
0: Uh w- please how about what we do is um and you can go down the list however you want. You can start with Peter, you can start with um, anywhere on your list okay. that you want and we'll do it and we'll do it is it called round robin? We, so we'll just do Yeah. yeah. I was going to yeah. say cuz
1: we we should talk about the uh the choices too because yeah. I'm I'm Precisely. curious to hear the okay. thought process behind uh, everything too. Yes.
0: So you can pick any right. character that you want to start with, yeah. Uh,
2: let's then, I think what I'll do is I'll start from, let's say, like, furthest out from the core of the story, and then that way, by design, we kind of dive into the, the OGBs. We can talk it up there. So let's start, uh, let's say Peck, Walter Peck, and uh, after a lot of humming and hawing, I, I, I picked Alan Arkin. Ooh, that's good. That is a good one, yeah. Uh somebody who's got an edge of funny but plays straight very well uh at the same time, uh, 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 sort of offic- could do officious intensity. Um yeah, I and I th- like I said I, I don't know what year. I think that was in the 70s, but I really like like 70s and early 80s Alan Arkin um uh what was that one Simon? He's in that one movie Simon that he's really good in. Um, and not only that shares a background, a uh, second city background with a bunch of them too. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I could really picture him in a suit. I could really picture him getting in the face of the Ghostbusters, uh, largely, uh, playing it, uh, straight or the antagonist and then still managing to, you know, get a little uh spin or a bon mot in there that would uh, be funny so that's 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 where i went with
1: with yeah you could see him playing it really earnestly but then you know in those wide shots where he's just kind of off to the side of the frame or something he'd be kind of hamming it up like rick moranis does uh like that that's what you would get from arkin is he would be like the epa guy but uh But then then he'd be, like, eyeing uh, uh, Vankman from the corner or something and kind of giving him a little nod, like, I'm on to you, you son of a bitch, (laughs) like that kind of thing. I also,
2: also, yeah, I also think what he'd do, like, so Atherton kind of as things fell apart in the city, he just got more and more frothy at the mouth, uh, angry, whereas I'd like to think that Arkin would kind of become more and more unhinged. Mm. And funnier and funnier and funnier. Flustered. As the movie you goes could see on, him getting so? really
1: flustered. Or even like. Um, yeah. Uh, so I married an axe murderer where he plays the the commissioner where he's like, he's, he's, a, he's a hard ass and he's talking like this. Was that too much? Like you could see him kind of like, maybe he pulls yeah. down the persona, <laughs> which would be funny. Uh, gro- gross point blank. Yes.
2: Uh, straight man in every sense of the word. Got some of the funniest lines of the- No, no don't, killing. Don't
1: give it a shot. No shooting. Stop <laughs> calling me.
2: Stop calling me. <laughs> right? Like so that that was that's my pick for Walter Peck. It's good.
1: All right, it's my it's my turn. You. Do I do I jump in? Yeah,
0: and and if I didn't make it clear like um we can move around the list so he's chosen Walter Peck like you can go you don't have to go for Peck next uh Troy, you can go oh, to oh, any okay. interesting. Um, to, so, to try to nail down the actors that you absolutely want to nail down first. So no one takes that's true. it. Oh, so I, I yeah, I, Sorry. yeah okay. I don't
1: I don't want anybody to steal some of my my options. So, OK. All right. So so in the interest of that, I'm going to stick with Peck because I want to steal somebody off the board right away here. Hmm. Um, This okay. was the one person that I kept from the original cast and I recast Harold Ramis as Walter Peck. Ooh, because, that could work. Well, that's very good. Yeah, I could see him being, for all of the reasons that we just talked about with Alan Arkin, um, I could see him playing it completely earnestly, playing the pencil-pushing, paperwork-filing uh, uh, EPA agent. Uh, he's got that angry streak. We know that, that Harold Ramis can can amp that up when he needs to, um, b- mm-hmm. but would be playing it up in the corners of the frames and doing all the things again, like we were saying with Alan Arkin. Um, and... I keep coming back to Violet Ramis Steele talking about um, in Stripes, uh, Harold's character being his version of what he thought was cool. So I thought like, oh, what a great opportunity for Harold to portray what he thought a bureaucrat was in 1983 slash 1984. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shades of what's his SCTV character? Moe. Uh, yes. Mo, Mo Green did the, the uh, yeah the network executive exactly yeah where he's canceling the entire thing just because uh, out of spite um, yeah uh, yeah I mean I think that would be like if if I were to keep one person uh, obviously everybody's gonna be like well you can't recast Bill Murray as Peter Venkman like that's gonna be where we we kind of run into some walls I'm sure but like that's the one it's like you got to keep Harold Ramis in this movie somehow because he is that sort of linchpin uh, to keeping it interesting
2: yeah. Well, not to spoil things, I I did not recast anybody, Ooh. so <laughs>
1: didn't keep anyone. All right, interesting. Okay, no,
2: no, no. I kept one person because that was a oh, lot. Oh, okay, I yeah. gotcha. All right,
1: but I didn't recast
2: anybody. Okay. Like I didn't and didn't shuffle them to a new role. So,
0: <clears throat> okay,
2: you can you can all start writing down your your guesses now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And there are other actors that I would go for that I want to nail down first. However, just to uh, keep things fair, I will go with Walter Peck as well here. And this one, I'm stirring things up. I'm going with Chevy Chase.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Right?
0: Because I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. It could, it could read, I could derail the production with this. It might turn out very bad. <laughs> but um, if. He behaves himself and um, does a good job. He would be very good at. Huh? Do you think he would be good playing a jerk against uh, all his <laughs> friends? <laughs> and those honestly are, even though he doesn't get along with them all the time, like those are probably some of his sure his professional friends, and he's they still have fights. Yeah, and going eye to eye with you. Bring,
2: yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. You bring up some. You you bring up something that I kind of had to put to bed early, or it was going to drive me nuts, which was. Stuff we know about the actors and about whether realistically this casting could ever happen. Chevy Chase in like '83, I don't know if he'd play the bad, like, you know, the antagonist in a movie. Uh, I don't know, which is why I, like I said, I just threw all that stuff out the window. And I agree. I think, I think he's his whole, his dry delivery, it would be really good for Peck. Like, really good for Peck is to, 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 uh, yeah, it's 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 not quite he doesn't play things straight but he plays things so dry in a lot of times right, that, he, that it almost comes off the same way.
0: Yeah, it would be it 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 could go bad like I'm saying. Honestly, this could go bad for me, but um if if it went well in our minds, then it actually it would work and unlike William Atherton who said I can't Compete comedically with these guys, so I'll just play it straight. So I'm the straight man, and yeah. and, and kind of a dick about this. Uh, Chevy Chase, he wouldn't be playing the straight man, but just, yeah, just 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 playing to the hilt that same kind of role, and you know he's being yeah. he's kind of kind of winking at the camera while he's doing it still, but it could it could all work out, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: and and I'll give you I'll give you yeah. one inside baseball reason why Chevy Chase should have been in Ghostbusters in the first place, and that's Michael Ovitz, because. It, yeah. for all the reasons that we've heard that John Candy uh, pulled out of the movie I, I think the the cleanest that we've ever heard is that he he wasn't a CAA client and Michael Ovitz was not his agent and Bernie Brillston couldn't make the deal with his agent that uh, that he wanted uh so but Chevy Chase if i remember right Chevy Chase was one of the CAA stable of stars uh so i'm i'm frankly surprised that he wasn't what was he doing in 83 384 that he wouldn't have been able to, was that foul play? Was that? I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I haven't seen enough of his Su- stuff, but that's the but yeah. But that's the, Chevy that's,
0: chase. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the story with Chevy chase all the time. To- we we got to move on. I know, but that's the story with him all the time that is it ensemble piece or is it, or am I the star? And if he's not the star, then he's way less interested, but it would have been smart for him to know you should try playing with other people, but he didn't. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Why don't you go? Maybe it's un, un, under the rainbow era that chase.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what that is.
1: <laughs> oh, 83, don't, don't, he was working oh. on Vacation. So it's it's quite possible. There we no, go. No, that yep. wouldn't make sense. Vacation cause... was
0: already filmed. Yeah. It was already It was already filmed. He on to it. Huh. Yeah. We've got to move All on, right, though. Sorry. Thanks, guys. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go again?
2: Oh, got to move on. He's never <laughs> listened to us before, has he, Troy? Welcome Jeez. to our third. Um, I'm our trying draft. to keep
0: things moving.
2: Okay. <laughs> um... Let's, I want to do, I'm going to do Ray and I'm going to, I'm going to throw one out there that, uh, I'm waiting to hear your reaction. I'm going to put Peter McNichol in there. Oh, that's neat. I'm going to put post dragon, uh, Slayer, Peter McNichol. That was supposed to be his big break. It did not pan out. So I'm giving it to him a second time. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know that he has any particular quality. That makes him super Ray esque, but at the same time, I don't think he has any particular quality that makes him not Ray esque. And I think he he'd be really good at playing like slightly uh, true believerish, you know, Dan Aykroyd esque sort of thing. So I like I said, as long as he's kind of keeps it uh, keeps it vaguely centered, I think he make a really. good You could good see ray. him being the the, like the kid I said,
1: who grew up on the farm uh, with all these paranormal experiences, and it's made him a little strange. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: And like I like I said, he really didn't take off in pop culture wise until you know, kind of what Ali McBeal asked. But yeah, everybody kind of forgets that you know he was he had, uh, yeah, Dragon Slayer was I don't know it just kind of he disappeared for a while. So I'm I'm putting him back in. I'm going to make him my Ray, and I like
1: the 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 old uh, Ghostbusters two switcheroo.
2: <laughs> That's so, good, yeah. So.
1: I could also see him playing Peck. While we're just just throwing that out there, I could see Peter Mayne yeah. being playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I will. Uh. I'll. I'll stick to the trend here. I'll. I'll also do okay. Ray. And. Oh man, I didn't think that any of these people would still be on the board. So I gotta pick. I gotta pick these <laughs> very carefully. Ah oh, shoot. All right. I. When in when in doubt, just say Bert Burt Reynolds. Reynolds and walk away. Yeah, it's funny because it's a big hat. Um. I. I. I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna do this. Uh. Young Gene Wilder. Uh, pre uh, oh ni- yeah. okay. uh, late like, late seventies, pre nineties. Gene Wilder, Popeye Doyle. Yeah, Gene Wilder? I mean, uh, um, uh, shoot, the movie that he did with Gilda Radner, where they're in the hu- hunt. Is it haunted honeymoon? Like that, that kind of.
2: Oh. Like the- oh, sorry, Popeye Doyle. I'm thinking of Gene. Uh, Gene oh Ashmore. no! Yeah. I <laughs> that, sorry. We're yeah, <laughs> talking about no, no, about Willy Gene Wonka. Wilder. Uh yeah, Young Frankenstein yeah no I know what you yeah Haunted Honeymoon no high High Spirits was the Gutenberg one Haunted Honeymoon was or is it the other doesn't matter I know exactly who you're talking about
1: um but yeah Yeah, Gene but you're also
2: talking like uh, he's he's the perfect
1: you know you you think of the heart of the Ghostbusters uh and and he can obviously play uh heart and uh the the likable childlike wonder character uh also can be a scientist we know this much of him. Um, but but if yep. if you're having to sell a line of dialogue like, "Hey, does this poll still work?" That's Gene Wilder right there. That's where it yeah, goes. you're right.
2: When I think of him, I kind of think of the manic stuff he does sometimes. But you're right, like that innocuous line made super funny. That's definitely a him yeah. Thing. I mean,
1: and and you know, you go you you talk about Willy Wonka, but like his delivery of the, no, please stop. Like that right yeah, there yeah. would be more akin to to where he would be uh, in terms of his range. But And that's the thing about Gene Wilder is he's got tons of range. She doesn't always have to be crazy over the top, uh, you know, young Frankenstein. Uh, check him out in Blazing yeah. Saddles. Like it's a little more subdued, but.
2: Yep, yeah, you're right. I like it.
1: Yes. Thumbs up from me.
2: Okay,
0: I'll keep the trend. Uh, Ray Stance, um, I am pulling into the future here. Um, and I'm gender switching to another Ghostbuster. Most of the people compare this uh, actress, compared her to Egon, but I'm going with Kate McKinnon,
1: mm. yeah. because
0: uh, purely, uh, mostly based on enthusiasm, that uh, she's the sciencey person in the new Ghostbusters. That uh, so a lot of people compared her to Egon, plus some some hair going on, but. Uh, just the enthusiasm about hey we're doing this now like like I saw a lot of like oh that's comparable to Ray I thought so I'm gonna go with uh, Kate McKinnon
1: yeah and she doesn't have to be quite as eccentric as she was as Holtzman she can she's more than capable of playing well, yeah, a more uh, you know grounded role yeah yes yeah, so absolutely. she's not
0: Holtzman this time she is Ray uh, probably with R A E stance and uh, something sim- you know you know similar to that character yeah but just with a lot of enthusiasm yeah
1: oh that's really good I like that's it it's really good.
2: That's a really good one. Okay, go for it, Chris. All right. Let me, I'm just looking at my list here. Um, let's see here. I will say, let's jump ahead here to Winston. Uh, uh, hold your breath no more. I'm keeping Ernie Hudson. Nice. Very nice. Okay. And mostly that came down to... Um, uh, I... I you know, we're familiar with Eddie Murphy, much bigger role. Um, uh, I forget the actor's name now because I'm old and it's late. Uh, Carl Winslow. Apparently he was um, being looked at at some point. And I I, I recently read that somewhere and I, I can't even verify it, but that he got the...
1: Bell uh, Johnson. What's, what's his first Reggie, name? Reggie. Reggie Vel Johnson. Reg- Reggie Vel Johnson. That's who Thank I chose you. for Winston. So I'll just throw that out there right now. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'll okay. That next. Sure, yeah.
2: Because I, I, I was... I, unless I dreamt it somewhere, I thought I had read that he got the jail guard because they liked him, but he just wasn't going to. Okay, get, uh, he probably read for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he read for it. Um, and yeah, I like I, we've heard uh, Ernie talk a number of times about how he was, you know, came in having read for a bigger role. The script had a bigger role and then kind of stuff was taken away from him. Like I do not have the heart to to even hypothetically take the Aww. entire role away from him. So I, I picked him as my keeper.
1: And that's so that's so sweet. And I feel like I should have said that too, because Ernie is the <laughs> he's the glue that binds us all together, obviously. Right. He's the so only
2: that's, one of the
0: guys I've met, yeah.
2: So that's that was my pick for for Winston. It's and to be honest, it's it's hard to think of any of them. Played by somebody else, but Winston, yeah. <laughs> given that like everybody agrees that he's kind of there as the, the the proxy for the the audience, it, he's really hard to imagine yeah. anybody else in there because we've kind of self we've identified with him more than any of the others in a lot of ways. So, anyways, all right, Troy, well, what you got? Yeah,
1: so I'll, I'll Winston. I picked Reggie Vell Johnson, and and for the reasons that you just kind of uh, talked about, like. We know that Michael Ensign uh, was reading for the role of Peck and didn't get it, and he kind of got that that role to, to day play uh, as a, a, a consolation prize. Uh, yeah, Reggieville Johnson uh, read for Winston, didn't get it. He got the uh, police uh, guard role as kind of a consolation prize. But when you think about Winston, he has to be the kind of hardworking guy. If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll mm-hmm. believe anything you say. This job is not worth an, another eleven five a year. Um, and man – Reggie would have killed that, and and uh, I think yeah. he's one of those people that you just root for no matter what I see him in, even when he uh, does bit parts, still is a cop. The poor guy is just always pigeonholed to being a cop. <laughs> um, Everybody forgets, too, the The Winston role is one that whoever came in
2: had to get the audience yes. to like them and get them on side halfway through the movie. It's such like, a
0: weird introduction. I mean, I mean it, it's a great introduction, but it's such a weird in terms of mechanics of the movie it's so weird to introduce him after the montage like that yeah
1: yeah but but and picture just in your mind's eye after that montage holding the resume looking up at the sign uh the ernie hudson portrayal of it which is wonderful he kind of plays it with this like all right here we go this is my latch last ditch effort to try to get a new job uh, but picture that with the Reggieville Johnson kind of, like, gleam in his eye, like, oh, boy, I'm so excited I'm going to go talk to these guys to be Ghostbusters. Like, he would have brought something yeah. entirely different to the table um, and, and still would have been the Winston Zeddemore that we all know and love um, and also probably would have propelled Reggie's career a little bit more past that point. But
2: Would, it, would, it, would have felt, felt a bit more front-facing for the Ghostbusters as well, whereas uh, Winston, you know, is kind of quiet to the side. Yeah. Um, I mean that's kind of by design in the script and all that, but just Ernie does not project a lot of uh, 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 as Winston, not a lot of wackiness uh, or anything.
1: He's, he's kind of the steady, yeah, the guitarist. You know, he doesn't have to be yeah at front and center and and uh, out there on a limb. Yeah,
2: everybody everybody likes him. Uh, nobody thinks he's a bad guy, but he does not read as affable and instantly approachable. Yeah. Whereas Reggie is the same <laughs> so, way. Yeah, he
1: could have been a little more public facing. Yeah. Um and and lines that that uh, Ernie played in a certain way would would sell differently. Like no offense, but I got to get my own lawyer. Like that that would have gotten yeah. it got a great big laugh from Ernie, but from Reggie it would have been played with a little bit more of that comedic edge. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Okay. I guess so. I keep saying I, I keep saying I like it
2: like I'm gonna shut any of you guys. I hate that it that was awful. Oh, oh, choice, you man. idiots.
0: <laughs> uh which means I uh, you say I can't imagine anyone but Ernie Hudson or we got Reggie Vell Johnson. Bring I've it. got so I'm going curious. to the future. I'm going with Randall Park. Oh from Marvel oh, movies, yes. from uh WandaVision. Randall Park, yeah. who is who is a comedic actor often. Um, but he's just there you go. He is a nice, I think, charming guy. It's like I think he has sort of the same effect. Like if he shows up in the middle of the movie, is like, hi, I'm the new Ghostbuster. Yes, you are. We take a shine to you. And I think, and I think that's about it. Yeah. Randall Park.
1: Yeah. Nice. Again, another person who would be a good peck. I feel like he could also play that kind of evil bureaucrat role too.
0: Maybe. Well, That, that's what he's supposed to be. Officious. Okay, that's what he's supposed to be doing. I I haven't actually seen WandaVision but that's what he's supposed to be doing in Ant Ant Man and Wasp. But the the gag there is that he's not. I mean, I mean, he's officious in that he's going to, he's going to enforce uh, the rules that that have been set down. But he's actually a friendly guy. Like, like, oh, were you serious about us going to get a meal sometime? No. Oh, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Teach me this card trick. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's my Winston. Nice. And that w- nice. we don't have to we don't have to labor the point. We can keep on moving. Go for it.
2: Okay. <laughs> Subtle hint, Ross. Fine. <laughs> I'll stop babbling.
1: Um Keep it moving. All right, I'm
2: going to do Lewis. Uh, and I picked uh Peter Scolari. Oh. From if for those who are too young, uh Tom Hanks's uh better half in uh, uh, Bosom Buddies and uh what one of the bob newhart uh, shows there i just him in his glasses um i think i think he wouldn't have he he would have been a nerd in an entirely different way from uh the way rick Moranis did okay it. so i'm sorry so but, i
0: don't know him so is he the most annoying neighbor on uh the new show where they've got the hotel is that
2: Yes. Uh with uh what's her name? Uh the blonde actress. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank her. you. Like, like that's that's the only yeah. place
0: I know him from. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah. So him. Uh and again in the New Heart one, he I mean, they're more kinda of preppy squares, I guess is more what you'd kind of peg them as. And I think I think he'd kind of veer that way, but I think it would work just as well. Like, you know, he's he might be slightly more sociable and less awkward than Lewis but still feels like no you cannot you cannot land this woman she's a classically trained musician she's a foot taller than you are um i think it would have worked he, really he well.
1: could have played the not yeah you're right not necessarily nerdy but he could have played the kind of like uh, the neighbor that you always want to avoid because maybe he's a little too nosy maybe he's a little off-putting maybe he's a little socially awkward yeah. uh yeah i could i could totally
2: see that and Everything that Rick Morant or Lewis brought up reads the same way as as kind of a uh, a yuppie square as as a straight up, you know, accountant nerd uh, like uh, Rick did it. So, you know, uh, talking about doing the 20 minute workout, you want to come in for sparkling water and all this, like all those uh, still fits, yeah. even yeah.
1: if he shifted kind of that way. That's good. That's a good one. That's a deep cut, too. Like, I, I, I thought about baby I Hanks for other Thank things. You- like, I thought about him for maybe like Ray. Um, but... Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, what do you? Got? Uh, all right, for Lewis, I'll I'll, I'll just keep it going. Uh, Lewis, this is the one that I gender swapped, um, but I also made this choice because I knew how much that Rick Moranis put into the Lewis Tully role that made it what it was. So I had to I had to find somebody who did a lot of heavy lifting to make the role as like meaty and comedic and funny as I thought it would be. Uh, so I put uh, Gilda Radner in here. Uh, yeah. Okay because ah. i mean and and for all of the the connotations of her maybe having a crush on dana barrett and and how funny that would have been um you know that she's she's sort of she's she's in love and she's yearning for her cellist uh, her uh, amazon six foot uh, tall uh, cellist neighbor um but also she could have played again not necessarily the nerdy character from snl you don't want her to go to that place tad um But but you want her to play that sort of like, damn it, I love you. You are just so sweet and so endearing. And I feel for you, even though you keep locking yourself out of your apartment. uh, And I know that you're the neighbor that everybody wants to avoid, but I find some sort of a kinship with you. I feel like Gilda Radner is one of those type of uh, of people. She can play that that character who's supposed to be annoying. And I think that's probably why they were thinking about John Candy in the first place is like John Candy is one of those people who always played annoying characters, uncle Buck. Oh my God. Everybody hates uncle Buck. But he is the most likable dude on the face of the planet. Um, And that's where I I think you get Gilda Radner in there. Yeah. Nice.
0: That, that definitely works. Um, I've mentioned it to some people in the in the past, I'm suspicious. Um, the other woman at the party with the glasses—that's her uh, name—is Patty Dorkin. Uh, Gilda Radner. Uh, her mom is a Dworkin.
1: Oh, interesting. I, uh, oh. I forget. I forget. They
0: both grew up in. Uh, I forget if it's Chicago or Detroit. I'm suspicious that. Patty Dworkin and Gilda Radner might have been, even if second cousins or something like how many Dworkins uh, were there in say like the 1950s in one city.
1: Oh my God. And also makes a whole lot of sense because her one line, she kind of plays it with that SNL nerd character kind of like, yeah, that same accent and same what, affectation.
0: I forget what uh, comedy... I don't think she was in Groundlings or anything, but I, I forget what, what uh, comedy school that Patty Dworkin went to, too. Yeah, but... So that that is my pet theory, and I'd just like to someday meet anyone who has any familiarity with gilda Radner or the late uh patty dworkin has also passed away that that i'm i'm suspicious that they might have been related yeah
1: ask ask Alan Zweibel. he's pretty he's pretty receptive on social media and especially about gilda stuff like you could ask like hey did was she related to uh to uh to a dworkin that, okay. that got work on ghostbusters and i bet he would know yeah that's awesome yeah
0: okay Learned i something every day well- yeah, I will go with oh so we're talking Louis Tully and I've got to keep him I'm going with Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, he made yeah. he made those scenes. That was uh, and that was my big takeaway with um looking at the movie intensely last year that uh how much he saved those scenes. And I think I've said it before too that uh, we all love John Candy. I'm I'm of the opinion that um Ivan Reitman, I think, is a little bit unfair when he says, "Oh, John Candy didn't understand the material. He was going for. It. He was talking about having uh, big German shepherds." The thing about that is, is that well, because the gags were supposed to be there, there, and it just comes down to one line with, "Okay, who brought the dogs?" It's supposed to be about Lewis misunderstanding real dogs with these monster dogs, <laughs> and John, like, like, yeah, of course, John Candy didn't understand what that was going to be in the finished film. And so he's trying he's trying to workshop it, which is what which is what Rick Moranis does as well, except that yeah. I think I think Ivan and I think all of us probably appreciated what Rick Moranis came up with for those scenes. So that's why I'm keeping Rick Moranis. He's my uh,
2: he's my most valuable player in Ghostbusters.
1: There you go. Agreed. Nice. 100% agreed.
2: Okay. Um actually it's funny now that we're going through this, I realized When you asked me what my self imposed rules were, the one I forgot to mention was I deliberately left out everybody who was on, uh, we've heard thus far, were potentially on the board to have been. So, you know, Walken, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Steve Gutenberg, I left them all out. I just, I was kind of like, these are all, and unfortunately, yeah, they all, uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum, like, yeah, these are all fine guys in the 80s. Michael yeah. Keaton. I actually wrote him down, and then that's when I kind of put that in in place. I realized, wasn't he actually yeah. up for it? And then yeah. So, I, um, so to that end, I am going to go with uh, Peter, and I actually out of everybody deliberately picked for Peter and Dana because I think the the two actors I picked could go toe to toe um uh, so much so that i think you could actually i'm, I'm kind of retroactively actively uh, doing this but i if i think about it, i think you could almost flip them in the roles and it would still keep working but um no nah, actually it works slightly better this way but anyways for peter i picked uh, john Larroquette.
1: <laughs> oh okay. interesting yeah. all right
2: yeah well you a uh, little bit yeah. of smart, uh sarcasm ego uh yeah ego um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, early eighties, John Larroquette would, uh, fit in there quite nicely as the, uh, it's, it, it, he's an easy one too, because frankly, I, I keep talking about it. The, the, uh,
1: I was second sight. Say, you movie. you just want to come to second sight somehow. Everything always relates <laughs> back to second sight with Chris and I love it. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
2: But he, but he's, well, yeah, he kind of fills the uh well no actually he was kind of a believer in that one but the point is i can easily believe him filling all the same qualities that bill murray uh kind of uh brought to uh peter vinkman and uh and you know do that uh well this is all nonsense uh and then at the end re- oh it's not all yeah. nonsense. um so i you know i mean all you have to do is is kind of picture him in your head from night court and you're you're dialed down Front. television is kind of television John Larroquette is pretty hyped up movie uh, John Larroquette uh, dialed down uh, West Wing John yeah. Larroquette in the West Wing not that age but that uh, yeah anyways that's my pick I I, I like John Larroquette as well it's
1: so kind of funny. like I feel like John Larroquette always wanted to have the career that Bill Murray did and I think Bill Murray always wanted the career that John Larroquette had kind of
2: <laughs> <laughs> that does sound I, right yeah
1: yeah exactly so that's my pick for Peter Venkman that's pretty good that's pretty good. Um all right, well so Peter, I uh I chose Bronson Pinchot just so that I could talk about second sight with Chris, but I'm going to scratch that out. <laughs> um you're Thank welcome. You. No problem. Easy. Uh no, so for Peter, I uh I chose Jason Sudeikis and the 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 ah. hardest problem that I had in doing this exercise was in my in my non-existent spare time many years ago, I was trying to figure out if they ever rebooted Ghostbusters. This was pre-2016 Paul Feig movie. Like, who would they cast in these roles to play these characters? Sort of like the Star Trek J.J. Uh, Abrams 2009. You know, who who do I get to replace William Shatner, who is both uh, you know, able to embody that, but also kind of evoke the same mannerisms and the same personalities and, and things like right. that. And so when I did that, I came up with all of these people. Who I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's the perfect person. And I it, I, I had to stop myself from just putting that cast in here. But but Sudeikis is one of those who I always keep coming back to. And I know now everybody's in love with Ted Lasso. Thank you, Chris, for turning me on to the show. I should have listened to you years mm-hmm. ago. Um but yeah, everybody kind of sees him as that sort of uh, happy-go-lucky, ah, shucks, you know, that type of person. But before that, he was always playing like the cool character on SNL. He was always kind of playing those Bill Murray roles where he just shows up and he's, you know, the, the sees himself in a spotlight in in a room. Um and also in the what's up with that sketches would just show up in a red tracksuit and uh, start dancing. Start dancing. Um, but (laughs) so yeah, so Sudeikis and uh, because of that, that's why I scratched out Bill Hader for Ray and you know it goes down the line. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my choice. What do you got, Ross? There you go.
0: Okay, I'm going nuclear here in a good way. I'm going with Eddie Murphy. Oh. Oh, because and I'm suspicious that. If he had been in the movie that people come they compare him to Winston. I don't think he was ever intended to be the everyman, that sort of thing. No. I, I think he was intended to be the star and the ladies' man mm-hmm. and uh the he has a he has a different energy from Bill Murray, faster and uh cooler and uh less weird often. But otherwise you can definitely see him like, no, he is trying to woo the uh, Dana character and he's trying to make Ghostbusters a success and he's thinks that by talking his way through every situation that he can
1: become a success and so I'm going with Eddie yeah. Murphy fancies himself a celebrity nice. you could see Eddie Murphy do it like that's kind of you, you see him playing those roles where it's like yeah Axel Foley where he's just like the the detective or I'm sorry the Detroit cop um who doesn't assume anything when he comes to Beverly Hills uh, and and doesn't want that celebrity. But yeah, you could see him being that type of person where it's like, Hey, I'm a ghostbuster. That's right. You want an autograph? Totally. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Agreed. All right. Where to go from here? Um, Huh? I think I will do Janine. I picked Janine solely on the basis of I just wanted to see more of her from that era in movies. I picked uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. I, I'll, I'll tell short... you,
0: Chris. Jamie Lee Curtis was my top choice for Dana. Oh!
1: That was, yeah, yeah. We have a steal.
0: Could do. The, I, I was wondering if we would ever come into conflict here, and that was <laughs> that was the, the only one so far. Is, yeah, I had Jamie Lee Curtis Interesting. down Interesting. Yeah, okay, but you, I'm see, sorry, the- you go on about her being Janine, yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> sorry. Oh, no, it's good.
2: Oh, I feel bad now. Um, see, th- yeah, initially I kind of wondered the same thing. It would have been a real uh, scrapper then if you and I had both picked her for Dana, but see, for me, uh, that early in the 80s, she's still kind of like uh, kid Jamie Lee Curtis. Does that yeah. make any sense? Uh, compared to true lies uh more sophisticated uh you know more grown up Jamie Lee Curtis hmm. so kind of i like i said i i will never make any apology for trying to get uh young Jamie Lee Curtis into more uh movies uh real or otherwise um yeah i just i some of it might have to do with the short haircut like she's always had that janine 80s uh cut even back then right like post post Halloween, she lost it. And, it, you know, perfect and, um, trading places and all that sort of thing. She had that same short yeah. cut. Um, uh, and I'm trying to think one of those movies, she kind of in my head must've had eighties glasses too. So she, she really, uh, kind of gave the same impression. Um, I don't think she'd be quite so New York, but I think, uh, I think she's just as brassy in her own way. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it would work. Uh, that, and like I said, more Emily Curtis never about, yeah, So
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely not with the the thick New York accent, but you could see her being that sort of like the, the her character in Trading Places, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll do a, a, a
0: sorry, interrupt with a tangent. Um have you guys seen we the director's not so great now, but um Cabin in the Woods. Have either of you guys seen that movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the surprise at the end is that it's uh, Sigourney Weaver is the boss in charge of everything. I always felt, which I mm-hmm. thought she was, a, she did a great job, uh, a very good choice. I think she should have been the second choice. I think Jamie Lee Curtis should have been the boss in that movie yeah. because because she is more of a scream queen right. than uh, Sigourney Weaver. I always yeah. thought that,
2: and that the older older you know, True Lies and uh, Beyond. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I, I I can picture it exactly, and I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and I agree one hundred percent.
0: Thank you. I needed the world to know this, but anyway, yes. I'm sorry I interrupted <laughs> you, Troy. No, that's
1: okay. I agreed so much that I hit my pop screen. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, let's just keep it going. Uh, so Janine, um, I I kind of struggled with Janine because Janine is such a specific character to Annie Potts, and the way that Annie Potts portrayed her. Where you want somebody who you can see falling in love with Egon, um, who enjoys racquetball, uh, loves to read. Um, it kind of gets disgruntled with her job about midway through when you need to hire more help. Um, so that's why I went with uh, Catherine O'Hara. Because uh, I was like... okay. Uh, I, I need I need somebody in there who, especially, and not you know uh, Moira uh, uh, from Schitt's Creek, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara, but sort of SCTV era uh, Catherine O'Hara, who maybe comes into the job as as like, oh, I'm going to get this secretarial job and it's going to be a good thing for me for now uh, and then immediately realizes that it is not what she thought it was and just kind of takes that turn and, and becomes that that person. And I could see her, her kind of turning on a dime like that. But um, yeah, it was tough because I also had a couple backups in here in case Catherine O'Hara came off the board for something else and it's it's so tough she's she's a tough one she it's kind of like the reasons that you said ross for for lewis like you got to keep rick moranis like that is just one where i feel like if that is not annie potts that doesn't turn into janine melnitz it's a totally different character totally different person but
0: i'm sorry but i think i've got one choice and i think you guys are gonna go oh when when you hear my choice for janine i've got carrie fisher
1: uh you're right uh (laughs) all right stop the the exercise is over you win
0: i'm sorry maybe not (laughs) you can tell why i came up with this game (laughs) i can't (laughs) i've got i'm gonna rig the game um maybe (laughs) maybe she wouldn't be as new york maybe she would be just as good as annie Potts. but that's what i'm thinking i think she would be just as good as annie Potts because when you see um her interactions with uh um, even with Tom Hanks and the Burbs, sort of right. like you know they love each other, but she's kind of needling him about like like well I want you to or don't you want to go out do something else I don't want you to bother the neighbors. But in Star Wars and uh, especially in the first movie, just her her jibes at Harrison Ford, like doing that to the Peter Venkman character, and then turning around and just being sweet on Egon, like I think so. I'm going with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, that's so good, great.
1: And you could see her, yeah. her turning on the anger, but it's still charming when she's angry and quipping back at vankman and it's still charming, and yeah, that's good.
2: The funny part is if you think of her in When Harry Met Sally, yep. she's very close. Mm. Very New York, uh, same short haircut, and very yeah, brash, a lot very, of the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can really, that's a good one. That's also, really I'm
1: surprised one. that that didn't happen, knowing her relationship with everybody in that movie. But I guess maybe at that point there were some personal...
0: Uh, Might be... Per- well, oh, yeah, because... And also, um, there... So it's just a year after Return of the Jedi. And it could be a combination of maybe she's less interested in doing another... Working more. And then also... But I know in Empire and, Re- and Return of the Jedi that she was... Um, had some substance problems then yeah you know?
1: she was not and and I know that Ackroyd uh and uh, with with the whole Belushi thing yeah that makes sense but hey uh anyway that would have been perfect good choice man
2: that's a really good well,
0: I
1: think
2: trick, we're all
0: though. doing good here but yeah we there's
2: only two roles left uh all right so I'm gonna leave gone to last I don't think mine's going to be a major revelation when I get there, but I just kind of like the idea of leaving Egon to last. Um, so that leaves Dana, and I am um, picking Leslie Ann Warren. Ah. I'm sorry, and I don't if know you, who that is. Uh, have you seen Clue? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I know everyone loves Clue, and I need to see Clue sometime. <laughs> Uh, that's the only one that I could really point to. She she's been a lot of other stuff. She's very funny. Um, is she the maid clue or? No, no, no. She played uh, Miss Scarlet. Um, so she can do uh, it, um, over you know, super confident. She can do uh, classy like you could. She could really read much the same way that Sigourney Weaver did, which is uh, beautiful a highly educated uh, musician. Unlike uh, Sigourney Weaver, and this is not a knock on Sigourney Weaver at all. um, Sigourney Weaver very much played, um, what does she call it? Uh, Dandridge? Help me out here with the Marx Brothers.
1: Uh, um, Yes, shoot. uh,
2: Late and old. But uh, the... The Marx Brothers' favorite uh, foil—I can't remember her name now—and people are screaming at their uh,
1: as <laughs> their, often at happens iPods. yeah, or
2: whatever. Um, she even said that's uh, Dorothy. Ah, anyways, I'll figure it out later. I'll wake up in the middle of the night screaming. Um, and uh, she said, uh, Sigourney Weaver's often said that that's uh, what she saw herself as as playing this, uh, you know. Um, the, the straight person that the, all the Marx Brothers were kind of fawning over and, and being wacky around sort of thing. Leslie Ann Warren will still fit that, but again, I th- think she has just a, uh, a tad more oomph for stuff like uh, you're more like a game show yeah. host and stuff like that. Stuff that read funny because Sigourney Weaver was playing it straight, read it straight. Uh, and it came off really funny in that way. Leslie Ann Warren, I think, uh, uh, be able to kind of, um, kind of put some extra spins on that. And I, I, I apologize, Ross, that you, uh, like I said, if you go, um, I don't know, hit YouTube. I'll look up. But yeah, but <laughs> sorry, but close. the other
1: <laughs>
0: that I'm just not familiar with, but, um, uh, Margaret Dumont, I just looked Margaret it up. Margaret Dumont. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Margaret it's Dumont. i my tongue, too. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah.
2: So basically she's she's not really a, a Margaret Dumont uh character. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. She's um like I say, you see her in Clue
1: and yeah, you'll you'll see what okay, I mean. Yeah. That she she's She was yeah. also in one of my and favorite was, Columbo episodes. She's she's the one that's in the hypnotist uh one with George Hamilton, right? I'm pretty there sure you go. that's her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I'm trying to think of anything else that she might have been in that people she was would in, know. But, uh, uh uh one of the Mel- she was in Life Stinks with Mel Brooks. Um. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, she pops I mean, up. She's, she's, she's in. Been... She's in everything. Yeah. You'll once you see her, Ross. You'll be like, Oh yeah, I've seen you in. Oh yeah, her. things. Yeah. Uh, um.
0: Yes, I am. I'm looking on my phone now. Like, yeah, I've I've seen her in things, but just.
2: She's she's very much a whatever the. The, the the female equivalent of a, hey, it's that guy yeah. uh, in Hollywood. she's She's been at it for ages. And it's still working. You know like, her she when pops you see up her. all the
1: time in like yep. the TV and stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah The Limey. She was in the Limey. She was great in yeah. the Limey. Anyways, that's, uh, that's my that's pick. That's a good one. For the uh, sophisticated and, and beautiful
1: uh, Dana Bear. Um, man, I like that. That's really good. That was so good. It should have been mine. Uh, so so for Dana, uh, Dana was another one that I kind of struggled with because yeah, you, you want her to be that Dumont type, um, who's a good foil for the comedic elements, but also just doesn't feel like a damsel in distress. And when you go to like eighties, um, lead actresses, they all, like everybody always kind of got typecast into certain things. You had your uh, certain roles that everybody was always being, you know, kind of shoehorned into, um, and I, it's probably because I've been watching Raiders of the Lost Ark over and over and over uh, this week. But I chose I Karen going. Allen because uh-huh. uh, Karen Allen was always a great foil for all of the characters that she had to, to deal with. She had to deal with the larger than life, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Scrooge. Uh, she holds her own with lumpy. Um, yep. you know, I, I feel like, and she's just one of those likable people that you could understand is a New York musician playing the cello living in, uh, Central Park West. Um, and this crazy thing happens to her and there you go. Uh, obviously she would play it a lot differently than Sigourney Weaver did, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I wish Karen Allen That's got a, a whole pick. lot more work. That's she's good, yeah. just so good. Anyway. Yeah. Mm.
0: I once uh oh, sorry uh, tangents again. Uh I once heard someone say you know the only other person I'd want to have played Lois Lane in the original Superman movie would be Karen Allen. Oh man. And Margot Kidder kind of looks like, oh, like yeah, her. yeah,
1: that, that would work. Yeah, like they they kind of look similar too. They have the, yes. the same sort of facial structure. Yeah. yeah. Um so there it is. There's I mean, and and again that was a tough one cuz it's like yeah, you just you picture Sigourney Weaver in that role, um but she's the one. What do you got, Ross? That,
0: that is great. Okay. Well, I had Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> but someone had to make a choice. Yep. Sorry. I have another choice. Um, I want. I was sort of focusing on, um, Janine. I want someone. Uh, excuse me. I, I want uh, Dana. I want someone sophisticated. Someone who, uh, you are not going to be able to romance in one date you're you're gonna have to really prove yourself to her that uh that you are worth her time so i thought of angela bassett ah
1: ooh. um f-
0: people uh, uh black panthers the queen the mother all and years before yeah. that for another columbia picture uh boys in the hood she's in boys that tina and,
1: turner right didn't she play tina turner in uh what's love got to do with probably it probably
2: right i haven't yeah. seen that but yeah uh, my, uh, 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 partners at work, we, we've known each other for a long, long time. And for a, a chunk of time prior to them actually making an X-Men movie, we always thought she'd make the perfect yeah. storm. Yes, and, and Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, for the longest time, storm. we're like, if they ever make the X-Men movie, she's gotta be Storm. Uh yeah, she'd be fantastic.
0: Well, she ended up in Marvel. There you go. She's in a different Marvel role, but yeah. She she yeah. she got there in the end, yeah.
2: but yeah, but she was always like if you when you're doing dream casting uh like comic book nerds used to do before, you know, the internet came along and everybody got spoiled and they just fight about this stuff. We we were all like, yeah, Angela Bassett would be cuz she was in um was it Strange Days? I think that's what
1: cemented yeah. it.
2: She was in Strange Days and we all went, "Oh my god, please get that X-Men movie off the ground and put her in it." Anyways, uh, another yeah. person that no, I feel I would make it's...
1: a good Peck, like Angela Bassett yes, in you're that role. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yep. it's just going to be my go-to from this point forward. Good choice. They'd make a good Peck. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I what I like is that we've got several alternates for Peck, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> really, for totally. Peck, mm. we've, we've come up with. Um. All right, back to me. Last yeah, uh, last it. character. We're take Egon. us there. Sketch. Uh, Doctor Egon Spengler. I did a lot of humming and hawing. Uh, it got tough because that is the one role that we've heard a lot about who they were going after, uh, which took a lot of really good actors off the board. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, I think, what, I, I don't know how real it is, but they were talking about Christopher Walken and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Jeff Goldblum. He was actually, uh, anyways, um, in the end, I <laughs> it may have to do with the fact that I think once you put glasses on him, he could pass for uh, Harold Ramis' brother. I picked uh, David Naughton from um, uh, American Werewolf in London.
1: Oh. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I could see that.
2: Uh, yeah. That was that was my pick. Uh, just because he reads in American Werewolf uh, in London and a bunch of other stuff I've seen him in, he comes off very close to Harold Ramis in Stripes, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: I'm looking at pictures uh, of him today and, and, um, it's conceivable that he could have been related to Harold Ramos, you sort of think. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: And if you think, think back to American Werewolf in London, he had the kind of, that's, uh, um uh, kind of like the, the dark, uh, tangle of hair that kind of, uh, <laughs> could be styled high, get some glasses on him and all that. Um, uh, I don't know. I just always kind of liked him too. And, you know, it's not it was always kind of a dry part sort of thing. And I think actually he would have done uh, uh, very well, like s- much the same way that uh, Harold Ramis did uh, playing like the, the straight man. The sort of emotionless
1: Spock character. Yeah.
2: Yeah. and But then every once in a while, you know, uh, give a little uh, peek behind the mask hmm. that, uh, sort of thing. So uh, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, that was a tough one. I went back and forth. Who's on my, I mean I had Peter Rieger on there. Oh, that would have been interesting. Uh, yeah. But in the end I went I went with David. So that was my pick for Egon.
1: Um, let's well, good? I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one that struggled with the Egon too. Like I saved Egon for last when I was doing the list because uh, you know, it's kind of kind of hurts. But um hmm.
2: yeah. it, uh, another another reason that uh, it's a yeah, problem.
1: Yeah, um and and I I had written down Tim Curry. And I had underlined Tim Curry, and I'm like, I'm going to go with Tim Curry. And then I had that weird uh-huh. notion, Chris, that he was on that list of people with Christopher Lloyd and Christopher Walken and who, uh, 10 million other people. And I feel like I pulled Tim Curry out of that Maybe. weird the, – the recesses of my brain that had memorized that from somewhere um, – s- Uh, yeah, he would have fit at that time. I think, I think he was on that casting sheet. So I scratched him out and I went with my tried and true, uh, from my fan recasting for the reboot, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, because, uh, uh, pre, uh, pre, uh, late show Colbert, pre, uh, Colbert rapport. Um, but you know, that, that young Stephen Colbert that showed up on the daily show, uh, you put him in that, um, that that emotionless Spock role, and I think he shines. I think he could still do it today, to be completely honest, because he's he's just that great of an actor. But he's now become the talk show host, and everybody sees him that way. Uh, so that's yeah. But yeah, Tim Tim Curry would have been a whole lot of fun. Like if if he was yeah. on that casting list, like I I would love to see an audition reel or something. Even though it probably never happened, because Harold was on it from the start. But, mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
0: that is a good one. And All right, Ross, ends with, it ends home. with me um, when I'm thinking of Egon. I mean, you are right that uh, Harold Ramis is so specific in the way he plays that. Because um, he's not because he, he, he he's a nerd, but he's not the dweeby uh, weakling sort of nerd that you, you'd you think of in other movies or cartoons or something. Um, when I'm thinking of Egon, I'm thinking of maybe looking for a shorthand to show that someone is intelligent, which often gets you to English actors. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like yeah, just like suddenly. Well, of course I'm of course I've studied Oxford. I'm an English actor I'm with a British. The yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly, that does it. And I went with Jeremy Irons.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, young Jeremy is, Irons. 100%. Is, yeah,
0: yeah, who it, it, he is almost exactly. Uh, I think he's uh 2 years older than Bill Murray. Um Yeah, that that he is not the most comedic actor but he can definitely he can do that as well and that yeah he's been uh (laughs) he had he had my favorite comedic moment in that uh, Justice League movie where he, f- if either of you have seen it, he fusses over Wonder Woman making tea. Like, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. No, just let me do it. Okay. <laughs> that is uh, what I'm so here he for. He did
1: make a good yeah. Alfred. I, I'll give Justice League yeah. that. Yeah. He was a great Alfred. Yeah. He was my favorite part in the
0: movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh so I'm going with Jeremy Irons for the, the cerebral Egon. Oh, I love it. I can see it.
1: Yeah. And could, and could see him see playing it. socially awkward, uh, you know, Print is Dead. Like just throwing that out there, and it just kills and he'd the conversation.
0: Be another, yeah, and he'd be another fun one for um any, and I'm not saying just my um Carrie Fisher Janine, but for any Janine to um um have googly eyes over to ha- and then have Jeremy Irons as sort of what uh,
1: oh okay yeah well especially yeah. young Jeremy Irons had the like chiseled jaw and yeah totally mm. um I'm gonna fangirl out over Jeremy Irons now um. <laughs> Ross, would it, would you be cool if we kind of go through, uh, our runner ups or like our crazy, uh, things that we wrote down and we're like,
0: let's talk about some of them briefly. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind. And then, and then we'll list everyone just again for everyone, uh, what our, what, what our, our choices picks were. were,
1: but yeah. Um, I cause I just, I want to bounce these off you guys and just sort of see what you say. Like if you're like, oh my God, that's terrible. Or if you're like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, for Peter Vankman, Paul Newman, young Paul Newman. Hmm. He's
0: definitely got the star power i'm I'm interested what made you think of Paul Newman for it
1: uh slapshot his character in slapshot that he's just the entrepreneur trying to make everything continue to okay. to work um yeah you know just sort of that and again like the the leading man you see him playing that romantic uh lead but um so yeah that, that was, I was like I don't know I'm gonna throw that on there and see if they go like ew. uh so that's that was one of them <laughs> uh race dance I put uh Peter Falk Going back to Columbo. Uh, young, young, yeah. uh, early 1970s, late 1960s Peter Falk. Uh, yeah. Because he's you see in him. in the music video. He's there. Yeah, there he is. I mean, he's he's related to the Ghostbusters tangi- tangentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else did I have that was kind of crazy? Oh, Winston. I put John C. Riley. I feel like he would, huh, he would yeah. kind of be that weird sort of like coming on on board and would have done something totally different with it. Uh, and then just because the guy loves to play comedies now, apparently Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, uh, Andy Garcia as Peck, but young Andy Garcia, uh, that was, that was one of those. Yeah. Mm. So those were my runner ups. Did you guys have any like kind of wacky, uh, ones that didn't make the cut?
2: Chris, go for it. Yeah. Wacky ones. Um, I don't know how wacky they are. When I was doing Peck, I had, um. I had both Peter Boyle and Dan Hidea Dan
1: Hedeia. Oh man, I love Dan Hidea,
2: And I think they would have been fine. It's just they, they, their dark side got really kind of dark. I wasn't quite sure if it would be. I was gonna too say Dan Hidea would be like trying did.
1: to kill the Ghostbusters. Uh,
2: yeah. Um. Let's see here. I initially started on. Let's see, Peter. <laughs> It was a weird one because he was kind of aging out at that point. But I started with Burt Reynolds and then got rid of him pretty quick. I thought you were kidding but, about Bert uh, Reynolds. You had Burt Reynolds. No, in Burt. no what do you no, see no. in Burt Reynolds for Peter? Yeah. Oh, well, he, it's a lot of the same stuff—just charming and sarcastic. Like that's that's the instant okay. stuff, right? Uh, but the trick was, is in my head, it would have to be earlier Burt Reynolds. It would have to be Cannibal Run, Burt Reynolds but uh, without Blastash. Yeah, It'd be, be Deliverance, it can't Bert be
1: Reynolds. Smoking the Bandit Part 2, Burt Reynolds, because that's when he became no. self-aware. That's when he turned on as Skynet new But
2: that's when in my head I kind of felt like I wanted to keep close to the same, like the 30-something age mm. range for the Ghostbusters, and he wasn't, he was out of that at that point. Uh, but then I, I wrote him down and then realized that he might actually be a little under it. Uh, Bruce Campbell.
1: For, okay, for yeah. who? For, for Peck?
2: For, no, no, for, for Peter. Peter. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see. Both that. these guys are yeah. for Peter. Reynolds and Campbell were both for for Peter, and then I got, like I said, I kind of hummed and hawed, and as I kept looking into it, I was like, no, nah, there's better options than that. Uh, let's see here.
0: Unfortunately, that's um, what Bruce Campbell always hears is that. Well, there's a few better options.
2: <laughs> we who we all love, we
0: all love Bruce Campbell, but <laughs> like, that's what him. he he's rep- repeatedly heard all his career I was like. I think there's a few better options. Oh dear.
2: Uh. I really, really loved him uh, in uh, *Burn Notice*. If you ever watched the *Burn Notice* series, and in my head, that's kind of who I, th- you know, kind of slightly younger uh, Bruce Campbell, but but you know the, the that era of, of, okay. of acting. Let's see here, Peter McNichol. I put down yeah. Oh, I kind of yeah. I ended up in Ray. That was just a weird list too. I had Gary Busey <laughs> down because he was pre-accident. <laughs> pre-accident at that point. Busey, yeah. Uh, jim Carrey again and i kind of like the idea just because he he had an early start in the, and then faltered and then kind of hit his stride later on so i kind of wondered if maybe as as a ray and then like i said oh I my god there's there's over. an
1: alternate universe where either jim carrey or adam ant played a character in this movie like maybe maybe louis tully or something
2: yeah. yeah could that that could that, that could could work um he's just a little too over the top Jim Carrey. He, especially his younger one, he would really kind of win. Yeah. He's always kind of gone to the wall but um I I loved both of them and they didn't in the end I didn't think they were quite um I had for Dana I had uh, Bernadette Peters and Madeline Kahn. <gasps> oh, they Madeline were just Khan staples in the 80s. Madeline Kahn would have been pretty good but she I honestly think that even it, with the original cast she punched higher than all of them. Like yeah. comically, she's, yeah. I, I think. Which she, is so weird. She was, she's,
0: Yeah, well, that would be such a weird thing to do because she would be excellent, but, and, and even if you told her, like, okay, you're not going to be, you're not going to be as outrageous or as funny in this movie as you have been in, in other things, but you're so used to her that she has, is uh, on fire and, and can be so funny, but that's not yeah. who Dana is. Yeah. Yeah. No.
2: Uh, burned up Peters kind of went the other way. Like, if you think of uh, um, Pennies from Heaven, the jerk, the jerk, and, jerk Pennies yeah. from Heaven, and the jerk, she kind of had um, like the high voice, soft spoken kind of. And I was like, ah, not not strong enough of a personality, yeah. I love her to death, but it's kind of like, oh, I'm not quite there. That's kind of um, why I
1: waffled on. I had Alan Tudyk just like written off into the margins because I love Alan Tudyk and I, I, yeah. I wanted to put him in for Egon. I wanted to put him in for, for Peck. I wanted to I wanted to put him in somewhere. And it was the same sort of thing. It was like, I just, I don't know. I don't know where you would fit. You're just wonderful, but I don't know where you go.
2: Uh, and then I mentioned earlier uh, Peter Riegert. Uh, but in the end, I just kind of like, he, he, um, he does funny, but he's very, very dry. Yeah. And actually, I realized, that he did a lot of drama, and uh, when he was in comedy, he was very much a straight man. So it didn't, I was like, I don't, I I wasn't quite sure that he could, like, uh, you know, fit a Peter or something like, or an Egon, or, he was closer to Egon, and I think he kind of, let me see here, yeah, he was on the short list for Egon, and then I kind of cut him Peter Rieger makes me think
1: of Peter Krauss too, who was always kind of that same type of person, where it's like, could play, uh, the serious could play funny, yeah.
2: Yeah, so that was um, that was kind of my show. I, and to be honest, with more time, I think the list uh, could you know the backup list could have been much much deeper. Uh, but this was a lot of me like scanning through my DVDs and stuff. Oh yeah, like this. That, I, so. pre-
1: prepare yourself, Ross. This is going to be the one that in your comment section or your social media is just going to be like, "What are you? Th- you needed what this about, person. What and, about so yeah. and so? How could you Coming.
0: forget? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Uh, really briefly, some of my people, you know, and I had the I had him as my third Peter Venkman. I'm, I'm, curi- I'm kind of curious what you guys think. What do you think about a movie with John Belushi as Peter? Because I've never really, I, I really like John Belushi and I've never really thought that that would be the best choice to have John Belushi trying to play some yeah. Peter Venkman role.
1: I think he fit for that original version that that infamous Dan Aykroyd script that nobody can seem to find anywhere, where it was already like in the future and there were Ghostbusters stations all over the place. Like I see Belushi in that role, but I don't see him as the Peter Venkman that ended up on the page as as Ramis and Aykroyd wrote it. Like he would almost fit more as he'd like, be like yeah. he'd be Lewis. He'd be like. He'd be the slobbish neighbor that annoys Dana Barrett. Yeah. And, you know, I, he, I could see him as that character, but... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Although, remember by that point in his career, by just the year before they started filming and he passed away, he was trying to steer away from that kind of yeah. typecasting. Yeah. Even, even, even to making some weird and didn't pan out choices. There's always the chance yeah. that if if they had... As they revised the script towards what we're familiar with now, and said you're not that guy, he would have been like not a problem.
1: He could have played the skeptic, uh, like the 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 line of dialogue that Peter has, where he's like, oh, "I don't believe these guys either." Um, you know, I I could see him popping up and saying like, "I'm going to go back to check out Miss Barrett or check out her yeah, apartment."
2: A lot of, a lot of that personality uh, that Bill Murray portrayed. Uh, using those lines in his, uh, you know, improv and stuff yeah. like that. I I think I I can I can hear Belushi doing it. It's just we also in our head kind of see him as kind of a slob. But I like I said I I give him the benefit of the doubt that he was trying to go someplace yeah. else. Like if his head was in the right place, I think you know, who knows that could have been Ghostbusters. Sadly, could have been a renaissance yeah. for, for. It would John be Belushi, interesting
0: you know. what what his roles in the future would have been. Yeah, I I, I yeah, it, it's difficult for me to see him. As as really any of the main Ghostbusters, um, really quickly my some of my alternates, the only character that I had around in different spots and I and I didn't use him, Martin Short, I yeah. could see Martin Short as either yep. Ray or as Lewis.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was one of those. I have him out in the margins with Alan Tudyk too. It's like I just don't know where you go, Martin Short, but.
2: No, I hummed. I hummed and hawed yeah. a lot of the SCTV cast, to yeah. be honest. Joe
1: Flaherty is in I'm my sure. margin too. As like, it seems like yeah. he should have been in there somewhere. But
2: mm. Dave Thomas could have been a good pick. Yeah, <laughs> just, just to keep
0: you. You just beat me to that. Uh, I had uh, Dave Thomas was my uh, so I I chose Rick Moranis to keep as Lewis Tully uh, to be a bit of a flex to be a bit funny. Um, Dave Thomas was my second choice for Lewis. Because um, oh. um, he is, uh, he looks different. However, um, the thing about Dave Thomas is that also, if he was doing the same things, because what what I also notice about uh, the Lewis character is, he comes, he comes off, he is a creep, with his intense interest in his neighbor. However, you don't hate him for it because it's in the movie, it's Rick <laughs> yeah. Moranis, and he keeps locking himself out of his apartment, and he says, "Oh, maybe we'll play Twister later," but Dave Thomas he could play um yeah uh, still different but he could play uh he, he's non-threatening is is my point like he could play non-threatening as well and i think he could maybe do it as well
1: yeah i would almost i would slot eugene levy in there then too like it would almost be that same sort of reason like he could be non-threatening uh but as the like oh just the happy-go-lucky neighbor we're gonna play parcheesi like that kind of guy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
2: Well,
0: these are all good.
2: All right, so when do we come back with our list for people like uh the horse carriage driver and <laughs> hot dog vendor guy cuz I got that list cooking in the background as <laughs> all well.
1: All of the below the lines.
2: Yeah.
0: I th- I think this is good enough for to for tonight, but yeah. That was um... so
1: polite of you, Ross. Good job. <laughs> Well,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I was, well, you got me thinking about the the horse cab, the handsome cab driver, and he was a comedian. I forget his name right now, but but he didn't. He's dead now. He's a lot of these characters, of These people have passed away.
2: Yeah, I think his last name yeah, was Stone. Stone. Danny Stone. Danny Stone.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, r- so how about again, just for the sake of listeners, uh, Chris, or please go down right. your your cast again. Yeah. Uh,
2: I had as Doctor Raymond Stance, I had Peter McNichol. Uh, early eighties, Peter McNichol uh, as Doctor Peter Vinkman. I had John Laroquette, so like Night Courty, John Laroquette. Doctor Egon Spengler, I had David Naughton uh, as Winston Zeddemore. I kept Ernie Hudson as my 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 keeper. Uh, Leslie Ann Warren, I picked for Dana Barrett. Uh, Peter Scolari, I picked for Louis Tully. Jamie Lee Curtis, so that eighty early 80s era, Jamie Lee Curtis as Janine, and uh, Alan Arkin uh, as uh, Walter Peck of the EPA.
0: It sounds good. And Troy, do you have yours circled or listed down?
1: Yes. Coming soon to not a theater near you in 1984. In the
0: theater of the mind.
1: Yes. Uh, Peter Venkman, yeah. Jason Sudeikis, Ray dance Gene Wilder, Egon Spangler, Stephen Colbert, Winston Zeddemore, Reggieville Johnson, Dana Barrett, Karen Allen, Louis Tully, Gilda Radner. We're going to have to rename that character. Maybe Louis works for a female character. I don't know. We'll come back to that. Louise, right? Louise Louise. Tully. I love it. Uh, Janine Melnitz, Catherine O'Hara, and Walter Peck, Harold Ramis. That is great. And
0: my picks are Peter Venkman is played by... Peter Venkman is... eh, No, it's the other way around. Darn it. Eddie Eddie Murphy is Peter Venkman. Uh, Kate McKinnon is Ray Stantz. Jeremy Irons as Egon Spengler. Randall Park as Winston Zedmore. Angela Bassett as Dana Barrett. Rick Moranis is staying as Louis Tully. Carrie Fisher is Janine Melnitz. And I guess we'll fit him on the poster. Chevy Chase is Walter Peck.
1: (laughs) If you can fit the size seventy-two point font that his writer commands, yes, yep. yes. And Roddy McDowell as the horse carriage driver in Central Park. <laughs> yes, I
0: would do it. I'll I'll tell you guys what um what I'll do is that we are staggering um releasing this. We'll put this on um, this audio on my podcast first. Everyone that is again, Reitman for the job. Uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, this fall, everyone, uh, thank you to all of your listeners at the Interdimensional po- uh, interdimensional Crossrep um, this fall. So in time for Halloween and getting into November with the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife, I'll be stuck in the past with that time machine. I'll be look- talking about Legal Eagles, Ivan Reitman's follow-up film to Ghostbusters. Um, it's... Uh-huh. Mo- it's mostly interesting for business decisions, which is a very boring mm-hmm. thing for me to say, but it's honestly, the truth is like, oh, everyone was making this this choice, even comedic choices like, oh, you thought because this was... It, 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 you're following up on ghostbusters and this is, all makes money sense to you okay uh, but i'm talking about legal <laughs> eagles i'll be looking at twins which is a much more successful movie uh guess what uh, guess what listeners uh twins that is ivan reitman's second most successful film ever um a little did a little bit better than ghostbusters 2 by the way interesting and yeah and wedged in between there on I'll be releasing on on Halloween the debut of a favorite cartoon of mine and many others, the real Ghostbusters and I'll be talking about many decisions that got that going. So that's Reitman for the job. What I will do, uh thanks guys um after so, it'll it'll make sense on Twitter. some point after um this audio goes up on my feed, I will how about I'll put the lists as a Twitter poll? And people can, uh, with with lists underneath of uh, what our choices are, and people can vote on who
1: has... Who wins. Not,
0: not the best, the least wrong. <laughs> who is the least wrong today I love it. <laughs> in casting Ghostbusters? Oh, man. And, and, and uh, um, people on Twitter, you can uh, chime in and let... Uh, let yourselves know if you think like, oh, here's here's an actor I was really thinking about for Peter or something. Like, let me know some of yours as well. Oh yeah, uh, on Twitter I'm at Ross May Ryder. and thank you guys. And do you want to say goodbye? You don't have to do final thoughts. You can do that. You can do that
2: after. We oh, we could Yeah, we could totally magic. do that. But yeah, that's. Yeah, we'll tack it on when we're closer to releasing
1: 100%. Um I am anxiously awaiting more reitman men for the jobs uh because for any of our listeners that are are not familiar if you're listening to this in our feed uh it is a film school dissertation that Ross just uh, researches and is I, I I cannot stress enough that if you're a fan of of Ghostbusters comedies of the 80s you got to go listen to it because he really does his his homework. Um but uh yeah, here here Thank on the CrossRip, so we don't do homework. Uh, we just record every week and see what happens. Uh, you can find. But meanwhile, no, I'm <laughs>
0: more impressed with you guys that you d- you're doing this every week, and uh, I can't I can't do that. Like,
1: cause I, we uh, don't research. Ross, I'm always impressed. We don't do right.
2: <laughs> you you and I, Troy and I decided we will. F- focus with laser intensity on this one movie and you said hold my beer and you said i will focus on every Ivan reitman yes. movie with laser intensity so uh you got us beat yeah, there absolutely
1: so um so yeah so check check out the cross rip if you're not familiar with it if you're a, a fan of ghostbusters we are uh at ghostbusters uh you can pick up our feeds and all of your favorite podcasters uh podcatchers podcasters whatever they're called now and uh, yeah, hit us up on uh, the socials at the Crossrip on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm at uh, Ghostbusters HQ on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Chris, I'll let you speak for yourself again. I'm at uh, at proton charging. All one word. It's easy. We're all over the place.
2: Like, all over the place? Like oily fingerprints. Yes. Chi- a children's oily fingerprints Throw all rocking over you. the patio yes. door. That's Ghostbusters us.
1: fans <laughs> have been trying to get rid of us for years. We are the greasy fingerprints of <laughs> Ghostbusters social so media. <laughs> <laughs> Guys,
0: uh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Thank you. Thank you, and
0: good night to you, and good night, or have a good day to all the listeners out there.
1: Don't hate us. We, we tried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that should be your
2: new uh, sign-off. Don't hate us. It's don't, don't hate, hate us.
1: us. <laughs> Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, go, Ghost go Stoppers. Stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do
2: it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our call-in line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. Too. And Twitter accounts. Dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional cross On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger.
1: How stinking fun was that? Thanks, Ross, man. That was so much fun. I hope you guys all enjoyed listening to it as much as we had uh, making it. Uh, Ross actually had a poll up that uh, you could uh, vote on whose cast you liked the most. And I I don't want to talk about the results of that poll, um, but I won by a landslide. Just happens. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I I love you, Chris. I love you, Ross. Uh, but I, I won, handedly. I don't even I don't even think, let's see, what was the final, ta- I'll pull it up while I talk to you guys here. But hey, so, closing thoughts for this episode. This is quite literally the calm before the storm, everybody. Um, I, like I said, could you feel it in the air at the beginning of this episode? Um, some stuff's about to go down. We all kind of know it. We all kind of feel it. Uh, I feel like a, a trailer, uh, some merch. We've got uh, Walmart is putting up all of the listings for all of the Fright Features figures. You know, the... Um, the younger younger set audience uh, figures, and uh, man, it's 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 so cool. Like I'm I'm so excited that this is about to happen. I'm so excited that we're about to be on that. We're like on the precipice of Ghostbusters Afterlife's release. Uh, even though it's only July, and November does seem like quite a ways away, especially given how long time seems to be a, a, at the moment. But uh so yeah so um in the next couple weeks we're going to have so much fun uh we have one more week where Chris is is taken off um but I have a feeling that he's going to be coming back just in the nick of time uh here's hoping that the the rumors are true and we'll be talking about a trailer uh, right around the corner here so uh stay tuned if you're if you're excited about afterlife I bet there's going to be a whole lot of fun programming uh, in the cards for you here on the crossrip. uh 78% of the voters Voted for for my Troy's troop is what Ross deemed them. It was uh, 78% for me, 22% for Chris and Ross. Uh, a big old goose egg. I'm so sorry, buddy. Uh, it just couldn't. I don't think Ross sold himself well enough. I think I think I swayed the results by you know retweeting it on my personal account and stuff, and I, I think I, I messed that up. But uh, all wonderful choices. Uh, such a wonderful draft. Uh, it's, it's in, it's in the air because we've got the NHL draft that's happening this week. Uh, the Seattle Kraken. It's so weird to think that there's yet another new NHL team joining the ranks. Uh, so we got the NHL draft. we got the NBA draft, uh, NFL, I think already had their draft. I don't really follow the football draft that well. Uh, but, uh, here's, here's the good old Ghostbusters draft and we hope you all enjoyed it. And until next week, see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross rip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. It used to be one of my two favorite shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd
2: like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though,
1: Careless Cats. Weird. So